0: Hello, and welcome to the Scrimber podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful devs about fair advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Steffi Rosca, a Scrimba community member who by way of extraordinary events recently became a junior front-end engineer at Adventia, Spain's leading property advertising website. Steffi worked in marketing originally before deciding to channel her passion for technology. This is great for us because we're going to learn how to market ourselves as developers from a marketer. You are listening to a conversation about learning to code, the importance of community, compromise, networking and ultimately success as all Steffi's friends and families recognize the company she's working at.
1: If I see someone in Spain and they ask me where do you work I say Fotocasa and everybody knows it you know. I feel a lot of pride in working in a product that I use and that I like.
0: This is also about determination. Those extraordinary events I mentioned, well basically Steffi applied but never heard back. She persisted and persisted, and by the time she connected with a real person, they hired her, proving she was qualified all along, even if the hiring process was a bit bumpy, you could say. You are listening to the Scrimber Podcast. Let's get into it. Probably just over a year ago, you featured on the Scrimba YouTube channel doing something we arranged, which was like a mocked React.js coding interview with one of our teachers and an awesome member of our community named Cassidy Williams. I love that experience so much. It was epic because you literally went in there without knowing anything about what to expect. And it's on YouTube for anybody who wants to watch it. What was that experience like for you? Do you remember it well?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I remember when, when I got the email from Scrimba and I was like, I'm so not prepared for this but I don't want to miss this opportunity I applied and then the whole weekend I just started I just went back and I did react and I knew I was not ready but I didn't want to miss out It was a really great experience because on the one hand, even though I was super nervous, she made me feel good during the interview. It was like less pressure because it was not for a job interview. And I knew like I can take notes. I can see where I am right now and take those learnings and prepare better. It was hard, but it was great. And actually after that experience, I had like an interview where I am right now also with someone who's doing a lot of streaming and is very popular online. And I felt less nervous because I already had this experience. So it helped a lot.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Can you take us back to around that time? It was probably, I want to say 14 months ago. And if I remember rightly, you were working or maybe you just left the current job. Maybe you can just help us understand your history. Like where did you start, I think doing marketing and then what did that sort of transition and timeline into your current role look like?
1: So basically I was working in digital marketing and I always wanted to work in tech, but for some reason I chose a different path. And for a long time I thought like it's too late change but I still tried so I secretly signed up for a course learning C in Bucharest I was living in Romania back then and I didn't understand anything I quit after the the second session I felt super stupid and I was like I'm not gonna waste three hours twice a week not understanding and feeling stupid. I let that go. I said, like, maybe it's not for me. I moved to Barcelona. I discovered communities, meetups. So I went to a code bar meetup. Here I heard about Free Code Camp, by and all these amazing resources. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Let's see where it goes without putting the pressure on me. So I did it. I, I learned to code. I realized like I really wanted. So I took the leap of faith and started to take it very serious. I completed a boot camp as well. And then the pandemic hit. I was about to move to New York City, right? March 24th or something. I had my flight because I got accepted to a retreat for programmers. It's called the Recourse Center. And I wanted to take some time after studying to figure out what I want to do more. Is it back and front? And like, I wanted to be in an environment where I can be curious and do projects and try things out. But because of the pandemic and everything changing, like my timeline had to completely change because I didn't have the comfort of knowing that I can find a job easily. RC went remote, so that was great. And then I started to look for a job. Unfortunately, my experience 2019 at the end, everybody was like interested. There were like a lot of grads positions to March 2020 when suddenly I I go on Twitter and I see senior developers saying that they're looking for a job because they got laid off. So imagine what feeling a junior has when they see that on Twitter. They're like, what chance do I have if the senior developers are in the same position?
0: It's not very encouraging, is it?
1: But I got lucky because I found a job that involved a bit of coding. It was technical support. So I had to do some JavaScript and HTML and CSS, integrating a product on their websites and working with Shopify, Wix and all these kind of platforms. But it wasn't what I wanted. It was like, yeah, that's cool. I got a job. I'm working in tech, but I want to be like a developer. After being six months in this job, I was not happy. The culture was not the best and I decided to leave it. Right then I had the mock interview with Cassidy, which felt like a a wake up, you know, because I had like three days to study and prepare. And I realized those six months being a job that I didn't like, being overworked, it was not a good environment. I realized that I was in a way wasting the time. So I, I said no more of this. I started to study again and I did like a month and a half of working on my projects, doing more tutorials. And in March, I found a job. I started to work in a consultancy company in the marketing department. I learned a lot of things, but it was still a developer in the marketing uh, department, you know, like... Everything felt easier for me because I have the marketing background, but I wanted to work like in a tech team. So I worked there only for three months. I learned a lot, but time is short and I wanted to go do the things that I had in mind when I started to learn how to code.
0: And what are you working on now, Stephanie?
1: I'm working in a company called Adevinta Spain. And I'm working on a product, which is fotocasa.es. It's a website in Spain where you can look for apartments, for renting, for buying. It's like a real estate marketplace. And I'm I'm super excited about it, you know, because if I see someone in Spain and they ask me, where do you work? I say fotocasa and everybody knows it, you know?
0: Yeah, that's nice.
1: So I feel a lot of pride in working in a product that I use and that I like.
0: That's a really good feeling. I think a lot of the times in tech, most people working companies, their mums and dads and grandmas, they're like, what is that company? But when all your friends know what the company is, I bet that's a really good feeling. <laughs> you mentioned Recurse Center. You know, I've heard a lot about it. And when I hear about it, people are always saying the most amazing things. But to be honest, I don't know what the details are. And I'm sure people listening might be interested too. So could you tell us a bit about Recurse Center?
1: I call it the life-changing experience. It's called the retreat for programmers. You need to know how to code to join. There is an application behind, but it's completely free. And you join in a batch with 30 more people, and then you can go for six weeks or 12 months. And the goal of being there is to become a better developer. You don't have like a set curriculum. It's not like a coding school or anything like that. You go and you're together with developers that are from everywhere, different backgrounds, different levels studying different languages some working with different things that you do the way it was before the pandemic you would go to new york and they have like a space with two levels and you're all together every day as if you're going to work and then you get to collaborate to pair like we have a, a stand-up every day where you share what you're working on and it's all created by the community so we put on the calendar like we had the algorithm study group we had like Let code study group we had also like a feeling check-in because learning programming can be at times like uh, hard with everything else going on in the world. We do also tech talks, non-tech talks. And if you want to like start something, you can just put it on the calendar and do it together with the rest of the people. And the amazing thing about it is like you have people from all levels. And on the first day when you join, the faculty make sure that you know that you belong there, that they chose you and they know why you're there. Because imagine me, a junior developer around all the seniors you feel like you're imposter syndrome, like you feel intimidated. And they say like, you are here because we want you. And they make sure they face it. So, you know, it's a great feeling. And besides this, the way they choose the people who join, it's like we have similar values. We're all like super curious and passionate. And then you just go there and you meet other likewise people and you start working on things and you get excited about things and you can change from one project to another. You learn from each other. It's just amazing. I I highly recommend it for any of the listeners who are curious. And also they give out diversity scholarships. So that is an option too. But currently everything is running remote. That is a great thing for those who cannot go to New York City.
0: That's wonderful. That sounds like an amazing initiative and such a nice vibe as well to like have those feelings checks and to be reassured on your first day that you have picked intentionally. Another sort of meetup I think you mentioned is called Codebar. I want to ask you about Codebar again because I've known about Codebar for years. In fact, at my previous startup, we hosted a couple of their meetups in our office, but I never truly understood what it's all about. Still, people always tell me the most amazing things.
1: Codepart is basically a non-profit organization, which has the goal to help minorities to break into tech by offering, usually bi-weekly, at least in Barcelona, uh, workshops where you can go and you usually get paired up with a coach. And you do like one hour of coding with this person or they explain to you something you didn't understand. Like it's somehow like a private mentoring or one to two maximum. It's completely volunteer run. Before the pandemic, they used to host them in different company offices. Like, as you said, in in your office, you hosted it too. And the coaches can do it like one time and that's it. There's no like long-term commitment and you just go there and you can go and just be curious. Like there is no pressure, like you join a, a code bar meetup and you have to transition into tech or you have to become a programmer. There are people who work in different fields and they want to understand better so they can collaborate better with their tech teams. It's very supportive. They make you feel also here that you belong. And it's very intimidating when maybe when, in my experience as a minority, when you go to the meetups and you don't see people like you, to be in a space where you know it's safe, you can not understand something and feel stupid, and they still make you feel that you can do it and that you can learn and you can get into the field.
0: That's really nice.
1: I find it a wonderful community, yeah.
0: If you are enjoying this episode of the Scrimber podcast, I would like to ask you if you would spread the word. I'm always monitoring Twitter, looking to see who's mentioned the podcast so I can retweet those tweets and also get a sense of what people are enjoying, therefore what to do more of. Genuinely, word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like, so thanks in advance. Next week, I'm speaking with Mike Curran, who is the host of the renowned HTML All The Things podcast and a successful software development business owner. There's so much work in tech that you don't have to be a programmer to be even really in the tech space. But knowing about it, knowing about programming and having learned a little bit about it is going to help you for sure to be able to talk to the people that are actually doing the actual creation. That is next week on the Scrimper podcast. So please make sure you subscribe as not to miss it. Back to the interview. You with Stephie. What kind of impact did meetups have on your success so far?
1: A big impact I would say like everything community related. And networking-wise, it helped me find resources I was not aware of. It helped me when I got stuck coding-wise. For example, at Codebar, I met a lot of people that are now my friends. And I was going there and I was like super shy. I'm here just to build my blog, you know, like not telling people that I actually want to do this because if like, what if I fail? And I didn't have any friends that were programmers that I could go and ask. So I I got friends here and they helped me also outside of Codebar, for example. I learned about Scrimba and CS50 and other things from Codebar or how to organize myself. I was going to different company meetups. I met recruiters, I met other professionals. I highly recommend being part of a community, attending meetups, talking to people, understanding what companies are looking at and putting yourself out there. It's not super easy sometimes, but I think there is a lot of value in in this.
0: Say someone goes to a meetup or maybe in this day and age joins a Zoom call for the meetup. What advice could you give them to sort of like break the ice and maybe start to chat and connect with people? I know firsthand that it can be quite difficult to navigate that.
1: I'm an introvert myself, and when I went to these meetups, I was hiding in the corner. It was great because it was in person. But what I love about the meetups that I chose to be part of or attend Is that they try to incorporate and integrate you so you don't have to do a lot of things. But one advice is bring a friend with you and don't be nervous to to talk to other people. You know, if you have someone with you, maybe it makes it easier because you're two people approaching someone and you're like, let's talk to this person or let's see what they're up to. But when it's virtually, it's a bit different being at the Recurse Center and it being remote, I learned to just go on a call and start talking and just having like a little chat. And you just start like, why are you here? Why do you want to learn how to code? And then from there, the conversation takes off usually, but the most difficult step is to say hello and to ask something.
0: I love that. I love this idea of going with a friend or a programming buddy or something. That's such a great way to make it more approachable.
1: And always you can go to the organizer and say, Hey, is the first time I'm joining this meetup. Can you introduce me to someone? They will definitely do it because they want their meetup to grow. They want you to be there. So.
0: Brilliant advice. I love this so much. I want to go back to something you said. One thing you mentioned is that you kind of started your career in marketing and then somewhere along the way, you found yourself working as a developer within the marketing team. A really common bit of advice that can be quite effective for new developers is to like, to get your first opportunity, try and trade on your existing skills. So like if you were, for example, a marketer before, maybe you can go and work on a marketing team because you'll understand their language, right? You'll have some domain knowledge. You won't have to communicate as much because you just understand things. What advice could you offer to somebody who is considering sort of transferring their skills in a sense or trading on them to, to find a new opportunity. Is there something you wish you knew back then to navigate it differently? Or maybe you're quite happy for the experience?
1: I'm quite happy with the experience because it made the transition a bit easier because it was easy to navigate all the meetings like we had to do demos. I understood why we did those demos, what we were trying to achieve. One thing that I would have done maybe differently was not get that involved into the marketing side because I had this background. Every time I saw something, I was like, but let's do this. Or how about this? And I lost a bit of focus.
0: You want to help, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, because it's just natural. You just see it and you're like, Hey, this and this and that. But it really helped me to be in an environment where I was very familiar because then I had the new thing, the coding part and navigating that. But everything around the meetings was not intimidating to me at
0: all did you say you did that job for about six months before you realized you wanted to move on and do something like full-time coding it probably wasn't a very easy decision to decide to to make that change right because some people are maybe wondering about like you know having a gap in their resume or having to explain the change or something like that
1: it was hard because of the pandemic, you think like, okay, I'm gonna leave this job, maybe I don't find something right now. And at the same time, I consider myself a fortunate person because the people around me support being in a good place, mental health, and all these very important things that I value more than having money. They were like if you're in a place where you're not happy and you're just working and working, you're gonna burn out, you're not gonna be happy, you're not gonna want to be there. So it's better to take some time. I'm off and nothing will happen. And they make me see that what you think like is the worst thing that happens to you right now, not having a job is not actually that bad that you can bounce back. Because I had the experience of doing this before when I left my marketing job, when I was like, I'm 100% sure I want to do this. Being in the marketing job while doing that and also trying to learn how to code is not a good investment of my time. So I'd rather put like 100% my focus into coding. And I saw that I can bounce back. I can find it. Job. I had the experience of moving from Romania to Barcelona, finding a job. If you have a plan and if you follow those steps, it's a matter of time. There is also luck involved because as we know, getting a job, sometimes it's a numbers game to apply many, many times to get interviews but I knew that it is possible. Like it was scary. I'm not going to lie. I thought like, what if I don't find it? What if I run out of money or my savings, you know? But I thought like I can always go back to marketing or I can do a support job. Like I'm, very flexible, you know, like if I need to do it just for a period of time, I'm going to do it and then I'm going to go back to what I like.
0: That sounds like a brilliant strategy because to be honest, you have two options, right? You can either stay in the place that makes you unhappy or you can take a scary decision to do something about it. And neither of those sound particularly appealing in the short term, right? You probably don't want to be scared or unhappy, but you have to think a bit more about the long term and your future self. And I think you did your future self a huge favor, obviously, it was only because that hard decision that you now find yourself in a place where you're happy and working with the technologies and the team you want to work with?
1: If I look back, I'm like really happy and I would not change anything, you know, because if I would have stayed there, I would have maybe not have been in this position where I have a good job, a great team, like working with what I want. And I'm like, I feel super happy at work. But I also want to mention that I went home Because I was tired of everything. So I went home. It was around Christmas. And I just decided to stay longer.
0: From Barcelona to Romania, you mean?
1: Yeah. Like I kept paying my rent here. But I was like, I need to be home. And then my parents cooked for me, you know, like I could focus on what I needed to do. Nice. I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want them to worry that I don't have a job. So they were thinking I was working. <laughs> and that is also great because then they don't bother you while you study or code. Good point. And I also did a lot of pair programming and I was to meetups and stuff. I felt like that's what I needed, a break and to be home and to, to study. And then I came back.
0: I'm wondering in what other ways your marketing experience has helped you. You probably built some skills that like transferred. I'm not talking about like marketing knowledge necessarily, but I'm thinking more like the sort of communication side of things or how to collaborate in the workplace.
1: It gives me a big advantage in a way, or at least I see it like the communication part definitely, because I was working in a marketing and in a communications department. And also I got to work with other departments. So I know what is going on from a business, Perspective, the importance of marketing, the importance of the product. So, all this experience helps me be like a better programmer. What I didn't know, and some people told me, but I see it now was like, no, I'm going to join as a junior developer and all my experience is gone. And it's not true. You might be a junior in terms of like technical skills, but you come with so many valuable other skills that you don't realize until you're in the same place with some people who might only have the development experience and that's it. I'm thinking about, for example, presenting, talking in meetings and having to do a demo because some people maybe don't feel comfortable like presenting or talking, they just want to code. And for me, it comes very natural to to be in meetings, to share, like to do documentation because I've written in the past to organize things because I organized events in my past. Even like knowing how to use like Slack or Jira or depending the tools that you use, because you know them from your previous jobs. There are people who could just join as a junior and they, they don't know these things. They don't know how to have a conversation with a manager, a performance review, like what are OKRs, like the, the goals and how a company works. And I had all, all that. I was like 100% focused on the coding part.
0: I'm also wondering if your sort of marketing know-how helped you market yourself as a developer. I remember when you did the mock interview with Cassidy, you know, there was kind of an application process in a sense. It wasn't really that formal, just a way to help us highlight people who would be able to make the most of the opportunity and have a reasonable chance of success at the mock interview. You know, there was a few, right? And yet you were one of the two that got picked. And I think in part because of how you presented yourself.
1: I think one of the the things that I've learned growing up from my family is to have courage to try out things and to be a bit different. Because if you apply with the same resume and the same kind of portfolio, you don't stand out. And everybody's doing the same boot camps, maybe the same courses online, the same projects. And when I applied, there was a banner with like Cassidy and it's like, this could be you and a question mark. And I was just like, let me just put this out and tweet at her and be like, this could be us. And I was like, I put it out and I was so nervous. I was like, maybe this is dumb. Maybe I shouldn't do it. You know, turn my computer off, run away. Don't look at, you know. You don't know how people will react or what would they think. And then she, she responded and it was like, I felt like good about it. But in the moment, like I have the idea. And then immediately I think, no, don't do this. It's stupid. Just do like what everyone else does. I think it's good to try to, to show who you are and your personality. And also when, when I'm doing my portfolio, I make videos of my project. I explain them. I explain why I do them. And I try to show who I am. So when you look at my resume, that is not just like a, a developer, but there is a person behind who's not just doing development, but also skiing, also traveling and doing many other things. It's who you are. And when you get to like a final stage maybe, or when they have to choose between more people, you want to stand out.
0: We talk about websites as like a portfolio websites and it's all about the projects and like here are my skills, here's what opportunity I'm looking for, here's what I can bring to the table. But then to go one step further and think about it, as like, hey, this is my personal website. How can I make it personal and show the things that make me who I am? And then if you do start chatting at the interview, there's like loads of things for them to ask you about, right? Not just your coding experience. Be like, oh, Steffi, I heard you like, you know, skiing. Like, where'd you like to go and what do you like about it and stuff? I think that's really smart.
1: And also the portfolio is a place where you can try out things and then highlight them to make it like web accessible to, to make sure everything is mobile responsive. Like you can play with things and then highlight them there. And for showing your personality, it can be like super small things. Like I thought maybe I need a professional pictures. And then I put the picture with me and my skateboard because this is who I am and then the background of Barcelona because I wanted to put something that is me inside and to me that is important. And also it's trial and error. Like as in marketing, you do a campaign, or you write a tweet, it goes viral or it doesn't. You put another one, you put another one, you change something and you learn from that. You can ask people like, hey, what do you think about my website? Look at other people's website and just try to iterate. But don't be afraid to like, my mistake was like, try to have the website perfect and only then share it. And then you don't get any feedback. You don't see if people like it or if you get any calls or anything. I wanted to add that it's not only your portfolio on GitHub, you can have like a readme section to make that also look nice to have your readme on your project to show that like you care about your work and how you present yourself on Twitter to have the description on LinkedIn, like to not only have like uh, your portfolio look great, but also everything else. Although maybe a recruiter might not look at your GitHub, but do it for yourself, you know, in the first place.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the current opportunity. I would love to know sort of how you found this opportunity and just learn a little bit about what the interview process looked like from there.
1: So I had a clear picture of the companies that I wanted to work in. And because, as I said, I like traveling, it was a traveling company (laughs) because it's the pandemic. It's not a place that looks for juniors at the moment or had open opportunities. And because of that, I started to look around. I knew that I didn't want to work in consultancy because I did it. And it was very important to me to work in a product that I know. And I heard about Adevinta. It's very well known in Barcelona. But I also knew that they are working with Spanish in Mm. the Fotocasa business i saw that they were hiring juniors and they had like early grads program so i contacted them via instagram linkedin like i was looking everywhere because it was not sure if they're opening it or if they don't open the the program and i started to add people on linkedin who were working there and i found someone who was in recruitment and they had something like if you have any questions about jobs at adevinta email me And I was like, great. I grabbed the email, I save it. And then I had some some colleagues from my previous company with whom I didn't talk too much because they were in tech and I was in marketing. But I was like, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to reach out and say, hey, I'm seeing these positions. I'm interested. Would you feel comfortable recommending me? Because you know me, you saw what I did in the marketing part. And he was open to refer me and I got the referral, but I never heard back. And I was like, I tick all the boxes here. Maybe I'm a bit like (laughs) thinking well of myself, but I was like, at least a phone call, you know, I deserve a phone call. And I go on the platform and I see my my application in, in progress. And then I see that on LinkedIn, the same job is again posted. And I'm like, why? Like I applied, I'm definitely sure others apply. Why are you opening it up again? And then I, you remember I said, I had this email address from the recruiter. And I reached out and I said, hey, I applied to this job. I see it's still in progress. I haven't heard back. Maybe I didn't present myself well because I sent a resume. Well, let me tell you a bit about myself. So I wrote something short about myself, presented myself better. As I say, iterate. And I updated my resume and sent a different resume. So I was like... I'm just gonna go for it and try it she responded and she was like let me pass you to the recruiter i got contacted from a recruiter and the recruiter tells me you know what i don't know what happened with your resume but it's great you have the experience and you're the profile that we're looking for but unfortunately the position is closed and he was like but i still want to talk to you and i was like great yay and then we had the the phone call And, you know, because you cannot put everything like who you are in a resume. And then I started to talk how I was pair programming with people that I met from the Codebar meetup who were working in companies in Barcelona that they were aware of. And it turns out that this recruiter worked in the same company that some friends who paired with me were working by whom I was getting mentored. And they got super excited because they understood like how I care about code quality and all these things and what I was doing, what again, I couldn't put in a resume. And they were like, okay, I, we keep you in the pipeline and we will still open positions. And if it's okay for you, I will give you a call. And I was like sad, but excited because I there was like an opening. And then they had a position in Madrid, but I was not ready to move to Madrid. I didn't feel ready because I was like, how do I meet people in during these times? So like I want to be here and have some stability. And then like a few weeks pass. And then there is the graduate program opening and I email the same recruiter. And guess what? I get like this email that the the email address doesn't exist anymore. And I'm thinking, oh no, the recruiter left the company. Like, no, what am I going to do now? Like this is, this is not good. And then I go back to the other recruiter. I email her and she gives me another recruiter. I text the recruiter. I hear from them. I'm starting the interview process. And because there was a grad position and also they were opening junior positions, I get a call also for the junior position because the other recruiter left my resume. And then I just had the conversation and I was more like more of a junior than a grad. And I, I took that position. I interviewed, but I really positioned myself in a in a good position. Place, I think like I made the video explaining my project, what my challenges are, what, how I solve them. I put all the links and everything to, to impress them and to have them give me an opportunity to have like an interview sometimes I think people think you just apply and that's it and if you don't get the result or you get the rejection that that's the end of it and sometimes it's not or at least I believe it's not and now can be a not now you know maybe later so I took it as like not now let's look for the future so I keep pushing because I really wanted to work in this company always be resourceful
0: <laughs> absolutely i mean oh my gosh like I feel like you've been on the journey for a while and the pandemic slowed you down a bit. Bit, but you know who cares? Like you are where you need to be now. It feels like everything just came full circle. Like you managed to because of the people you'd met in the past, they help refer you or help you connect within the company. Right? You need to put some groundwork in. You need to plant the seeds. Essentially, many months prior. I think that's a huge learning from you. Um, but it's never too early to get started. But oh my gosh! Like if you were more passive, you wouldn't have got the opportunity. You were tenacious and you resourceful and, and pushed through. And I can't believe that worked out for you in the end. Like, Like I believe in you obviously, but just the circumstances are bizarre, that's crazy.
1: But also the person who did the referral knew that I was transitioning to tech from marketing because I was vocal about it on LinkedIn and I posted my articles, my project, my talks. It might be intimidating, but I was out there. So when I reached out, he was like, yeah, I saw you. I see that you're doing this transition. This is amazing. I've seen your talk or something like this. You know, it all helps. You, You don't realize, but everything together makes a difference.
0: Just to chat quickly, like, was there a technical interview component to this? So
1: there was a one-hour technical interview. I didn't know what to expect, and it was with again with someone who's uh, I don't know if, if people know is Midudev Miguel Anhel. He makes a lot of streams in Spanish, and it was him and another person. And I had to do like a pairing interview. Or, like, the live coding, which was super intimidating at first. But I think that they really are trained to know how to make people feel good in the interview. At first, when I started, I didn't know how to set up the React app in the code box. So I was like, oh no, I don't remember this because I usually do NPX run create React app and I never do it online. And they were like, don't worry, we'll just build it for you. And then I just started. And the challenging thing is like, you're there and you need to code and explain and that I learned during my time at RC when you're working with someone make sure you include them make sure you check in with them so my advice is like try to be vocal about your thought process because they might not know what you're thinking what you're trying to do why you're doing it in a specific way like I spoke the whole interview like when I was not sure about something or something was not working I asked them it's the people you would work with and you also want to check for yourself if you could work with these people like I had tech interviews where I felt like I had no, no help. I wasn't allowed to like search anything online. And they said like, no, you can search for everything you want. Just don't search like the specific thing. If you need a function or if you don't remember how something works, yeah. But if, if it's like a coding challenge and you try to find the result of that coding challenge, we prefer you to like try first, then get a the solution first from someone else. And it's about also like enjoying it. When you're building something with some people, try to also learn something from the interview. It's also your opportunity to do better in case you don't get this interview and to see what you're lacking or to check in with the other people. It was intimidating coding in front of two senior developers and having them be with you. But I had the exercise by pairing with others. So I recommend this as a good exercise.
0: What did they ask you to code in React, by the way, once you got the code sandbox thing set up?
1: It's very similar to some of the projects on the Screamba platform. So if the people listening are doing the projects on the Screamba platform, they're covered, I would say.
0: Well, Steffi, you're almost out of time, I think. Is there any other sort of closing advice you'd like to offer to anybody learning to code and maybe hoping to become a junior developer in the near future?
1: I've noticed that there are a lot of projects that are clones. Instagram clone, WhatsApp clone, and so on. And I think clones are great and doing them, like doing a tutorial with someone, because then you see how the instructor thinks, why they build something in a way. But if you want to stand out, try to build something that is you as well. If you build like a clone of Instagram, try to do some Instagram that fits your hobby or something. For example, I like the coding coach uh, platform, which I used to find mentors. And I try to create a project where you can find skiers and snowboarders to go skiing together. And in a way, it's very similar in technology and how it looks, but it was something that shows who I am and what I like. And by building it on my own, I faced some challenges that I face now at work and I know how to solve them. And it also makes you stand out because a recruiter, when they always look at resumes and it's the same projects all the time, like they might be great, but if you create something a bit different, you'll definitely catch their eye.
0: You want to leave some questions unanswered for the interviewer, but if it's just an Instagram clone, they know the answer. You did it. You did it that way because that's what Instagram did, (laughs) but if you did it your own way, it leaves a bit more room for discussion and curiosity.
1: Or you can find the problem that you have and try to solve it by creating some of your own. Everybody has a to-do app and these things but try to to make something that solves one of your needs or something that you are passionate about. At the end of the day that can make you stand out in my opinion And, and yeah join communities. Discord is a great place, like the Scrimba community is amazing and I highly recommend joining and talking and talking to others because if you're coding alone, it's very hard. If you have other people who go through the same things or you ask questions or you share your experience, it helps you go through that. For me, it made a big difference. These two things, I I find them important. And stay curious and
0: have fun. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Steffi Roska, thank you so much for joining me on the Scrimba podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That was Steffi Roska, a Scrimba community member who recently became a full-time front-end engineer. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, you might want to subscribe to the Scrimba podcast for more helpful and uplifting episodes with recently hired juniors like Steffi and experts alike. You can also tweet me, your host, Alex Booker, and share what lessons you learned from the episode so I can thank you personally for tuning in. My Twitter handle, along with Steffi's is in the show notes. See you next week.